Welcome to another edition of Bringing Light into Darkness, Monday News and Analysis at Co-op Radio here in the capital city of Austin, Texas. As we do before we start all of our shows, we first take you to war. Good evening. Uh, This is Bringing Light into Darkness. Your host, Pedro Gatos. This is 91.7 KOOP, Hornsby, Austin. This is the second post-COVID-19 radio show being produced remotely and pre-recorded. Today is April the 25th, 2020. This show will be broadcast 
in just two days on the 27th of April, 2020. This show, it is a dedication to the passing of the Honorable Reverend Joseph Lowry, who passed away last month. And I wanted to share some reflections of my interactions with Reverend Lowry. I want to thank very good friend, Reverend Peter Johnson from Dallas, Texas, who afforded me the opportunity to meet and visit with Reverend Lowry. I want to get, tell you a story that begins in 2005. The first time I was in the live presence of Reverend Lowry was in August of 2005, Cindy Sheehan's Camp Casey. For those of you that don't know, Camp Casey refers and is named after Casey Sheehan, who died in Iraq, who died on April 4th, 2004, an Army specialist, the son of Cindy Sheehan and her husband, Patrick. And Cindy Sheehan went to Crawford, Texas, the summer White House of George Bush, the sitting president at the time, in order to speak with him and to try to end this war in Iraq and to find out what noble cause her son had died for. And this was in August of 2005 that this first Camp Casey occurred. And there's actually two visits that Reverend Lowry made. The second one is the more pronounced visit that I became more intimately connected to him. It was during the Easter weekend the following year in 2006 for the Camp Casey's Easter celebration of sorts in the same location. But I'll never forget a number of things. And one thing is a little story. The degree of racism and the hate and level of discrimination cannot be fully appreciated unless you are the direct recipient of it based on your race, your gender, and or sexual orientation. However, I remember, like it was yesterday, the look of fear of life and limb that my dear friends were collectively exuding that Easter weekend in Crawford, Texas in 2006. The setting, it was Camp Casey Easter weekend, 2006, less than a year following the August 2005 month-long Camp Casey events beginning on August 6th, 2005. Cindy Sheehan started her demonstration on that date, the 6th of August of 2005. She made a makeshift camp in a ditch by the side of the road about three miles from George W. Bush's Prairie Chapel Ranch near Crawford, Texas, and announced her intention to stay, actually sleeping in a pup tent at nights, until she was granted another face-to-face meeting with the president. Camp Casey was the name given to the encampment of anti-war protesters outside the Prairie Chapel Ranch in Crawford, Texas, during President George W. Bush's five-week summer vacation there in 2005. And it was named after the Iraq War casualty of U.S. Specialist Casey Sheehan. Other members of Gold Star Families for Peace, those families that lost loved ones in the Iraq War, and other anti-Iraq War activists led by Veterans for Peace, joined them. Camped on this public land, such as ditches by the road. A local property owner provided them with a place to camp, which later became known as Camp Casey, Camp Casey II. Each day the camp grew as anti-war activists from all over the country came. The camp commander, if you will, was Anne Wright. She was a retired United States Army Colonel and a retired U.S. State Department official known for her outspoken opposition to the Iraq War. She received 
the State Department Award for Heroism in 1997 after helping to evacuate several thousand people during the Civil War in Sierra Leone. She is most noted for having been one of the three State Department officials to publicly resign in direct protest of the 2003 invasion of Iraq. On August 20th, 2005, Texas singer-songwriter James McMurtry and country musician Steve Earle perform at the Camp Casey II, followed by speeches by Reverend Peter Johnson, organizer and former staffer of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference that worked with Reverend Martin Luther King, and also Reverend Joseph Lowry, co-founder of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. They introduced three African-American mothers whose sons were killed in Iraq. August 21st, 2005, Joan Baez performs at Camp Casey. This was an international moving event. People from throughout the country came to express their activism against the war. Ray McGovern, former CIA, 27-year presidential briefer. Daniel Ellsberg, the, uh, the author of, of the Pentagon Papers. Reverend Joseph Lowry, the second-in-command to Dr. Martin Luther King for all of those years. So I, in August, was down there visiting every weekend from my county job, and we were doing recordings and tape recordings and videos, and then going back and broadcasting some of this material on co-op radio, on bringing light into darkness back in that same year. And I came back down, I was invited, to, and I came back down to the April Easter 2006 Camp Casey uh, Easter event, and I was at the Crawford House when Reverend Johnson and Reverend Lowry showed up, and uh, they had a driver, I believe, from, from Dallas, a pastor from Dallas that had driven down. And so the Reverend asked if I would uh, take them on over to the Camp Casey because they weren't sure where it was. And, and he shared a story with me as well, which was when he originally called Reverend Lowry to announce that Cindy was having this Camp Casey Easter event for the Easter weekend. Reverend Lowry said, I'm sorry, Peter, I can't, you know, I can't be out of my pulpit on Easter Sunday. Uh, you know, I've never done that, and uh, it's just not possible. Reverend Johnson remarked, within minutes, he called back, Reverend Lowry, that is, to Reverend Johnson, and said, get me a ticket, and uh, I'll be there, you know, and so he was, and, then, and he was at the Crawford Peace House with his wonderful wife, Evelyn. Reverend Johnson was there with his esteemed wife as well, Dolores, and this pastor. And they made the mistake of asking me to give them directions on how to get over to Camp Casey. So they're following me and my friend George uh, to Camp Casey. And of course, I get lost and take them in these back roads. And you, know, you can't see anything for miles, just, just open land couple of little farmhouses. We eventually, you know, come to a dead end in the middle of nowhere. And we're turning around and I'm thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of lost here. So we're trying to figure it out. And now because his car is behind ours and we're at a dead end, his car is leading the way uh, on the way back out of this mess I got them into. And then a, a huge guy blocks their passage. 
And so I can't really see what's going on. So I get out of the car because I hear them. You can obviously tell it's an antagonistic interaction. And as I walk up, this man must be six foot five. He's a huge, at that time, older than me. I imagine he was in his 50s or, 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 or more. And he was just reading the riot act. You're trespassing. Uh, basically, uh, it, it, it was clearly a man that had deep resentments against black people. It was a very fearful moment. At the time, I just walked up to him. I said, look, don't be talking to them. Be talking to me. I'm the one that brought them out here. They followed me, you know, that type of thing. It's my, uh, my mistake. I apologize for infringing on your property if this is your property. You know, how do you get out of here? So anyhow, but I just never forget looking into the car and the Reverend Lowry and Reverend Reverend Johnson and their wives are pretty petrified. And, and, and I know Reverend Lowry and, and Reverend Johnson are more, more scared for their wives than they are for themselves, but it was just a, a great lesson into, in the 21st century of how deeply embedded racism is in so many places in our world. Anyhow, what we have tonight are some excerpts from a speech that Reverend Lowry gave at Camp Casey on that Saturday, Easter weekend, to a, a couple of hundred activists. As I say, these were huge groups that were coming down. By this time, we were probably into the two or 300 range at least. And so I want you to hear the words of what he has to say. Also, the other clips that I have, one is at the wake of Coretta Young, that preceded all of this because he refers to that wake in which President Bush and the other presidents were there in which he critiqued the Iraq war, rightfully so, and the people that led us into that war. And then finally, I was invited, thanks to Reverend Johnson, by Reverend Lowry to actually have a personal interview with him at the Hilton that Saturday night before his Easter presentation the following Sunday. And that is in a two or three part form. So I'm going to be playing these clips in uh, no certain order. You'll figure it out. Uh, if you're not familiar with Reverend Joseph Lowry, he, he was born in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, in 1957, both him and Dr. King formed the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. In February of 1977, he became the president of the Southern C Christian Leadership Conference. From 1967 to 1977, he became chairman of the board by being nominated by Dr. King at that time, became president and chair of the board. Okay, so let's listen to this first clip, which again, as I say, was a wake that he spoke at for Coretta Young, Dr. King's wife, who uh, passed on January 31st, 2006. This particular wake was on February's. 7th of 2006. On Tuesday, January 31st, 2006, Coretta Scott King died in her sleep. She was known as the First Lady of the Civil Rights Movement. She had been recovering from a serious stroke and heart attack suffered in August of 2005. Just two weeks before her death, she made her first public appearance in a year on the eve of her late husband's birthday. Reverend Joseph Lowry, at the request of her family, had these words to speak at her wake on February 7th, 2006. 
Here is an excerpt of his words. She declared humanity's worth, invented their vision, his and hers, for peace in all the earth. She opposed discrimination based on race. She frowned on homophobia and gender bias she rejected on his face. She summoned the nations to steady war no more. She embraced the oneness of the human family from show to show. She extended Martin's message against poverty, racism, and war. She deplored the terror inflicted by our smart bums on missions way afar. We know now there were no weapons of mass destruction over there. of misdirection right down here. Millions without health insurance. Poverty abounds. For war, billions more. But no more for the poor. Okay, so this next track is actually a number of months later. We just heard the words from Reverend Lowry at the wake of Coretta Young that he shared on February 7th 2006. And here, several months later, at the Easter Camp Casey weekend period, he's speaking to the Camp Casey crowd, and he's referring to this very wake that he had spoke just months earlier. Take a listen. I'll tell you three reasons why they're upset. One is because they always want to protect the president from an independent-thinking audience. And he's upset about the, they're talking about the president being upset about the words of Ralph Lowry. This, this audience was independent. Yeah. And, 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 and they didn't like it. Secondly, there's a cultural divide. I don't know how many black funerals George ever been to. <laughs> but what you need to understand at a black funeral, I don't know what I've been to a whole other white funeral. I want to go to one next week because William Sloan Coffin died. Give him a hand. Great peace and justice, man. Great peace and justice. But at black funeral, we celebrate the life of the dead and then challenge the life of the living. What we were celebrating was Coretta's life, not Bush's. We were celebrating Coretta's life, not Shady's. We were celebrating, and her life was a life that fought for peace and justice all over the world. That's what we were celebrating. The third thing I want you to understand, well, you see, and I don't know why the president was there if he wasn't celebrating her, her life. Well, where he come for? <laughs> she wasn't being celebrated because she cooked great Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> what was I supposed to talk about, wine and roses? I talked about her life for peace and her husband's life for peace and justice. But the third thing they want to do, and I want you, you got to listen to this is they want to hijack Coretta as they were trying to hijack Martin and steal him away from the movement for peace and justice. They want to put Martin, they've been trying to put Martin 
on some rotunda of sentimental irrelevance yeah. for a long time. The media, they never play anything but I have a dream. And that's a wonderful speech, a great speech, but, but, but Annie was right. Get the letter, did you never hear them quoting the letter from the Birmingham Jail? That, that's the one they need to quote. That's the one we need to talk about in Sunday school. That's the one we need to, in our peace gathering somewhere, sit down and have discussions about the letter from the Birmingham Jail. It doesn't say, wait till 2,000 more die to bring them home. It said, if you really, genuinely, authentically support the truth, bring them home when? Yeah. Bring them home when? them steal our heroes. They're trying to steal God. They got God affirming war. They got God affirming rich folks that they spend support for all the tax cuts as, as Kevin Phillips put it in his book about American theocracy. All the ingredients for the decline and fall of our nation are in this administration's agenda and profile tax cuts for the rich at the expense of the poor. The religious right hello? The religious right to you every Sunday. The religious what? The religious what? Tied up with the political what? The political what? They're tied together. Anytime you got a man calling himself a Christian and said we ought to assassinate the head of government because he disagreed with our policy. Anytime you say you're a Christian and you talk about, talk about certain Supreme Court justices ought to be dead, as Pat Robinson did years ago, and Jerry Falswell did time and time again. These are the folks, and I don't understand some of your black preachers in Texas either who keep sitting in the lap of George Bush crying about they are identifying with those forces who supported apartheid, who affirmed slavery, who condoned lynching, who would put us back 25 and 30 years against the vote right now. How can they preach about the Jesus who set me free? This next track, this is the Saturday of the 16th of April, I believe. He continues to elaborate on his themes about the religious right, 
merging with the religious, the political right. And the overall theme that continues throughout all of these clips is that we need to take God back, that he's been hijacked or she's been hijacked. Speaking on Saturday, April the 16th, 2006, Easter weekend at the Camp Casey get-together in the hometown of President Bush, Crawford, Texas, the Reverend made the following remarks. They reminded me of words from Dr. Martin Luther King's famous speech, Beyond Vietnam, which was delivered exactly one year before his assassination. That speech was delivered on April 4th, 1967, in which in one point he alludes to the Jericho Road and indicates that we must do more than flip coins to the beggar as we walk the Jericho Road, that he was particularly concerned about the nature of a system that he thought perhaps was very seriously flawed. Here are Dr. Lowry's remarks that seem to parallel Dr. King's words back in 1967. And they know what's happened to this country, not just Iraq. Iraq is symptomatic of a deep sickness yeah. that has afflicted this nation. Yeah. And, and you can't deal with it isolated from the total struggle to bring the kingdom of God. In an earlier segment of Reverend Lowry's speech, the Reverend had this to say. Let me, tell you, let, let me talk just a minute about the soul. There are forces in this country who are trying to redefine America in this new millennium, in their own image. They read if they're elitist, they're racist, they're militaristic, they're warmongers. That doesn't mean with color. No, not gender. Congolese are black and female. Hello? I'm from Alabama. My home state. I talked to you all day, but let me go on. I want to share excerpts. These folks are, are, are a new brand of theocrat. They claim to speak for God. And they've made that God the God of the empire, the God of war, the God of materialism, the God of wealth. And they forgot about the God of Jesus, who when he asked his disciples, said, who do the people say that I am? And then he turned and said, who do you say that I am? And he still didn't tell them. He told them who they were. He said, I was hungry. And you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was in prison, and you didn't minister unto me. I tried to rehabilitate me. I was a, a widow, and you didn't see about my concern. I was an orphan. I was homeless, naked. You didn't cloak me. And the disciples said, Jesus, when, 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 when did we in Jesus say in as much as you didn't do it? unto the least of these. You didn't do it unto me. And so the God that they are serving, I don't know that God. I don't know that God. So, so we have to, but I want to, but God not dead. And, and you, you are the salt of the earth. And you'll be here, this is the best Easter 
I've ever spent because you are the salt of the earth and you are the soul of America that's going to help redeem America. That's who you are. And don't you forget.